Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Are you happy to be in the house of God today? Man, I'm excited to be sharing the word with you. It's an honor to be here with you. And listen, I, I truly believe that there's something significant about the first Sunday of the year because what it's going to do is it's going to set the pattern. It's going to set the trajectory for the rest of the year. That's why 21 days of prayer and fasting is so important because we're starting the year by saying, God, you are the most important thing about us, that we hunger and thirst for you and you alone. So I believe I, across all locations, I want to celebrate the fact that you are here at church today because God wants to speak to you. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bible, flip with me to Genesis 22. Genesis 22, starting in verse 1. And while you're flipping there, if you don't have your Bible, no worries. We're going to put it up on the screens for you. But I want to encourage you, number one, be praying for us. But January 24th at Gaither High School, North Tampa, we are launching. We are going for it. God's given us an assignment. All of our dream team knows this time next week, January 10th, we're actually going to be meeting at Gaither for our run-through services, setting up, tearing down, getting everything ready. So it's going to be amazing. I love the fact that we are launching in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Come on, what better way to launch a church than right in the middle of a corporate fast seeking God? So I'm excited about that. I encourage you, if you want to uh, get connected to what God is doing at North Tampa, hit me up. Shoot me a text, send me a telegram, hit my MySpace up, my AOL message. I don't care. Just get a hold of me. I want you on that team. Amen? Amen. Genesis 22, verse 1. I love this portion of Scripture uh, because it means uh, a lot to me. I'm going to share a little bit of why that does mean so much to me in a little while. But I want you to read this through the lens that this really happened. I want you to understand this, that this is not an analogy. This is not a parable. This actually happened, okay? So let's read this. Now, it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. Everybody say tested. Abraham and said to Abraham, said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, get this, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah. Okay, sounds good, a little vacation. And offer him there as a burnt offering. What? <laughs> On one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Get this. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac's son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place so far off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. Get this. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we, everybody say we, we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, look, the fire and the wood, but, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, how about that weather? Isn't this great? Um, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him upon the wood. And Abraham, listen to this, Abraham stretched out his hand 
and took his knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the ladder, do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is to this day, and the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Today, I want to encourage you, and you can write the title of this message in your notes is The Stretch Test. The Stretch Test. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready to get stretched. Get ready to get stretched. And, and you know, I'm excited about this word, and, and, and I was praying, and I was seeking God. God, what do you, would you have to say to Radiant Church as we're starting the year? And, you know, the first Sunday of the year, you can go so many different ways. Like, I could get up here, and this is your year. Uh, you better get ready, because it's a year of breakthrough, and it's the year where you're going to be the head and not the tail, uh, the above only and not beneath. Uh, and I could have gone all that route. But we learned last year not to do that. <laughs> We had some pastors sweating after that, and we're like, hey, yo, take down that message off my YouTube. <laughs> you know? Like, I, I don't know. But one thing I am sure of, I believe the Lord's warning to test you some this year. He's wanting to stretch you. And, and even as I say the word test, if you're like me, I grew up with uh, test anxiety. Anybody else in school have test anxiety? Holla at your boy, amen. We need to have a small group for that this semester to recover. I would, you know, you're sitting in class, and they would bring you the test, and they'd put it out. And I'm telling you, my mind would completely go blank. And, you know, I, that, I'd, I'd answer like George Washington, and I'd be in like algebra. You know, like not even the right subject. I would bomb my test. There'd be times I'd get test grades so bad, like it was in like the 20s, and I'd be like, I didn't even know they did this. You know, like, just give me a zero. A 20 ain't going to do nothing for me. And I, I had severe test anxiety, and oftentimes in church when we say, like, you know, God's going to test you, if we're not careful, we can all kind of like, oh, this is not going to be fun. But you can write it in your notes this way. God doesn't test you to discourage you. He tests you to evaluate you. He's not trying to discourage you. He's wanting to evaluate you because if we're not careful, a lot of times in our walk with God, we can think we're doing better at times than we actually are. We can think we're, we're walking at the ceiling of our faith when God is calling us to so much more, to go after him in so much of a greater way. He's calling us to more, and he's wanting to stretch us so we can fulfill that more. He's wanting to evaluate and see where you're at. You know, in, in my Bible above uh, Genesis 22, it just says Abraham's faith confirmed. God was testing Abraham's faith. And listen, in order for us to grow in faith, God's going to put us in situations to grow our faith. And when I, I'm thinking about this, and I use the word stretch test as a very uh, a specific language. And if I remember being in middle school, okay? I, I randomly had this memory. I was like, man, I completely forgot about that. I remember being in middle school, and um, just to be very vulnerable with you, I, I was what they would classify as husky. <laughs> husky. <laughs> any, do I got any husky people up in here? 
You don't like any, no, you don't have to clap if you currently have if you used to be husky, let me reframe that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I used to be husky. Uh, I remember going up into JCPenney with my mom, back to school shopping, and she'd be like, excuse me, where's your husky section? I'd be like, mom, come on. <laughs> We'd got those Arizona jeans that were husky, you know? <laughs> you don't know nothing about no Arizona jeans. And... <laughs> I, I, I'm going to start a ministry called Hope for the Husky. And I, so whenever PE rolled around, your boy got nervous. Like, I would just disappear. I'd go get a honey bun and sit in a bathroom stall during PE. You know what I'm saying? Like, every single year, they would do a physical evaluation test. Y'all remember this? Why did they do that to us? We're still walking through stuff because of what they did to us in middle school. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you had the PE teacher that wore the, the sweatsuit all the time. You could hear him whoosh, whoosh, whoosh down the hall. Just scary. Oh, man, I had some terrifying PE teachers. And I remember that we'd come around for the uh, physical evaluation. You had to, like, run a mile. And then they would bring this little box out. Throw that up on the screen. Do you remember this? Anybody else? It was some weird Alabama torture device to humiliate us. Like, come here, boy. Come over here. Sit on the ground. <laughs> like, oh, no. Let's see how flexible you are. Why? That has nothing to do with anything. And you had to sit down and you had to stretch out. And me with my husky self was trying to stretch and I couldn't even touch the box. And they would do it to evaluate your health. They would do it to evaluate your mobility. And I believe oftentimes in order for God to take us where he wants to take us, he's got to see how flexible we are. He's got to see if we're willing to allow our normal status quo to get interrupted by the voice of God. Because God is a lot of things. He is the comforter. He's the comforter. Why? So he can comfort us in our uncomfortable situations. I love what Pastor Aaron said earlier. We're going to afflict the comfortable. Christianity is not a call to comfortable. It's a call to obedience. He, we would have to get to a place where God would stretch us. And listen, you can write this in your notes. God doesn't test you to punish you. He tests you to produce something in you. The test that you went through last year, the, the test that you're currently in, the test that you're going to be in. Every single time I pass a test, I'm like, oh, man, I'm glad that's done. And wouldn't you know, another test comes down the pipe. If you're not being tested right now, enjoy it up because it's coming soon, honey. <laughs> Amen. Listen to what James 1-2 says. Count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, easy for you to say, James, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Get that. The testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That word perfect is translated as mature, complete to be whole. And listen, all of us want to be mature believers. We just don't want to go through the process that it takes in order for us to be mature. There is a process through testing that God has that will bring you to a level of maturity so you can do everything God has called you to do. And listen, the first stretch I believe the Lord's wanting you to walk through is this. The stretch of obedience. The stretch of 
of obedience. We can see this in Genesis 22 when God speaks to Abraham and it says, he said to Abraham, he calls his name. And how does Abraham respond? He says, here I am. I want to ask you today, church, are you available? Are you open to God to disrupting everything normal about your life? Are we available to him? You know, I love that song that we sing, uh, available. You know, I hear you call. I am available. <laughs> that was a good run. Come on. You better get ready, North Tampa, because every Sunday you're getting all the hat. We're going to do it every Sunday. Throw it down. <laughs> Courtney's like, no, no, it's not going to happen. But, but we sing that song and then the Lord comes and taps on our shoulder and asks us to do something that doesn't make sense. And we're like, what? And he's like, literally, you just said you're available. And we're like, I'm sorry, what'd you say, Lord? <laughs> you know, like we want God to speak to us. But oftentimes I found in my personal life, when God speaks to me, I'm like, oh, but why? Because there's certain times where God is asking us to follow in wholehearted obedience, even when everything around us is going the opposite way, we've got to choose 100% radical obedience. You can write this in your notes. Obedience doesn't start in the head, but it starts in the heart. Obedience is more than just lip service. Obedience is more than just a concept that we know. Obedience is an action. And even scripture says, do not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. That when we leave this room, when we leave this building, we are called to put into action what God has spoken to us. Isaiah 1, 19 says this. I want you to get these two words. If you, if you are Willing, everybody say willing. And obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. The word of the Lord has spoken. Get those two words, willing and obedient. Are you willing? Listen, you can write this in your notes. The key to obedience is surrender. It's surrender. And in order for me to even position myself to hear God's word, he, I need to be in a level of a place where I am willing to obey. I need to surrender my plans, surrender my purpose, surrender what I want to do and say, God, you're the God. I'm the man. Whatever you says goes, Lord, I will follow you no matter how crazy it sounds, no matter how impossible it sounds. Oh, you want us to launch a church in the middle of a pandemic? Lord, we say yes because you're your word is true, your word is right, and you will never leave us nor forsake us. It's, it's obedience. I, I, I want my life to be willing and obedient. That I'm, I'm in a place of tenderness with God that I'm able to hear whatever he says to me. Whatever he wants me to lay down so I can go further in him, my response is yes. Amen. The second stretch I feel the Lord has for us this year is the stretch of faith. Now, this is where the big stretch happens. This is where I believe really uh, uh, all of us have to walk through this because it's the very essence of faith is, is believing God even when it does not make sense. 
Listen to what Hebrews 11.1 says. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can write it in your notes. Faith is believing God when it does not make sense. Faith is believing God when it does not make sense, when I don't understand. If you look through scripture, that is literally all the Bible is, is God speaking to man to do the impossible. Have you ever just read through the Bible? Let's think about Noah. Have you ever just thought about Noah? Literally, Noah is enjoying his life and God speaks to him and tells him to build a, literally a giant boat the size of a cruise ship because he's gonna flood the earth with rain when it's never rained before. It's crazy. It does not make sense. As you read through the scriptures, we'll see time and time again where God speaks to man to step out, to follow, to trust him. And we've got to position ourselves to say, Lord, I'll believe your word even when it does not make sense, even when I don't understand it, even when I don't know the next move. Why? Because we're creatures of control. We want to know the outcome. We want to know the plan. But listen, the Bible says that his word is a lamp unto my feet. If you've ever walked with a lamp, you'll sometimes know that it's only the next few steps that are ahead of you. Oftentimes, he won't reveal to us what's next so that we can be faithful in the middle of where God has us. Faith doesn't make sense sense. It did not make sense for Abraham to offer his son Isaac. Abraham, if you're not familiar with the story of Abraham, Abraham was old. His wife was old. And not only was she old, but she was barren. She is beyond the age of having children. But not only that, she wasn't even able to have children when she was younger. And God speaks to Abraham and says, I'm going to give you a son. He believes God. Listen, for 25 years, Abraham believes God, and he's finally given the promise of his son. And then one day, Abraham's spending time with God. Oh, man, he, you know, the Bible wasn't written yet, so he was just, you know, had his journal out and drinking his camel latte and, <laughs> you know, had some fresh camel's milk just, you know, poured in there. And... <laughs> And, you know, I love you. I love you, Lord. And the Lord speaks to him, Abraham, here I am, Lord. Don't we always start off great? Here I am, Lord. You know, the rich young ruler started off great. He ran. He fell at the feet of Jesus. He worshiped God. But then Jesus asked him to lay everything down. He turned away and went away sorrowful. So he started off strong. Lord, here I am. Oh, yes. And Abraham says, kill your son. Come again? <laughs> What? That, can you imagine the faith of Abraham in that place? To where literally the next morning, the first thing he did was he woke up his son. He gathered the materials and he went in faith. And you can see the faith of Abraham right here. He tells them, the lad and I, we're both going to come down. He knew that I know God's asking me to do something impossible, but I know the promises of God are yes and amen. God is watching over me. And I don't know how, if I've got to kill him and see him raise it from the dead, I know God's going to take care of me. And I mentioned earlier that this scripture uh, carries 
a lot of uh, significance to me uh, because it actually plays a huge role in uh, my wife Lexi and I's uh, marriage and our journey. And I, I want to share that story with you today because I believe it's going to encourage you. I was, uh, you know, I was young. I was 21 years old. I met her when I was 20, and then well, a year later at 21, we started talking. Oh, man, when you start talking, I don't know what the difference is. You know, I talked to a lot of people, but we were talking. <laughs> and we were talking, and we started having feelings for each other. And, uh, you know, I was in a place where I was like, you know what, I, I don't want to just date and play games. I don't want to just date one person and then go to the next and break up after break up after break up and just misery. I mean, you know, breakups are terrible. So I don't want to play that game. I was in a place where I was like, God, I'm going to pursue you and I'm going to trust you to provide a wife for me. And so as I'm doing that, I meet Lexi who, you know, literally woman after God's own heart on fire for Jesus. And she just graduated from college and her freshman year of college, she told the Lord, she made a vow and a commitment to the Lord and said, Lord, I'm not going to date all four years of college. I'm going to be completely set apart to you. And she graduated college and we met. So it was like, man, let's start dating. Let's do this. And I wasn't in a place where I wanted to play games. So I just, I was in a worship service and I was just worshiping. I just said, Lord, you know my heart. I don't want to play games. Is Lexi my wife? And I waited and I waited. 10 minutes went by just worshiping. Still not hearing anything. Then I promise you, I hear the Lord so clearly say, yes. And listen, I knew it was a word from God because the peace of God that surpasses all understanding flooded my heart. I can't even describe it. Like supernatural peace. And guys, pause. Don't get weird from this. <laughs> this is not your permission to get weird. And stop somebody at the cafe, the coffee house, and be like, I just felt God told me <laughs> we were going to get married. No, that's called manipulation. <laughs> please don't get weird. I'm, please don't. I, listen, I didn't go tell her. I was like, man, I, I, I felt like Mary in, in the Bible where I just hid these things in my heart. I said, Lord, I, I believe you spoke this to me, and if, and if you really spoke to me, you're going to make it happen. So listen to this, though. The exact same time I got that word, Lexi gets a word that says, you've given four years to me. Can you give me one more? So the same time I get the word that she's my wife, she gets a word to lay it down. And this sent me into a dark night of the soul. <laughs> and it wasn't even so much about marriage anymore. It was more or less, God, do I really hear you? Because in that moment, all the circumstances shifted. We went from being best friends, from talking, having feelings for each other, to where she laid it down. And when, she, when I say she killed it, she killed it. It was dead. She didn't even like me as a person anymore. And here I am, I have this word, and she doesn't even like me, and she's moving on. And I'm like, God, what's going on? I'm praying, and I'm seeking God. And finally, I hit to the point where I was just so upset. I was, I was in this place of just seeking God, and, and I came across this scripture, Genesis 22. And I knew, God, you've given me a promise, but I believe you're calling me to lay this promise down. I'm in love with this girl. But I love you more, and I'm willing to lay this down. 
So I, I, I went to my journal. I wrote down every promise I had about Lexi and I. We were going to change the world together. God was going to use us, all these different things. And I took it, I wrote it, I folded it up, and I put it inside this Coke bottle. See me, I wonder why I have a Coke bottle tattoo. It's not because I like Coca-Cola. It's because of this. And I wrote all of our promises down in this Coke bottle. And I went up onto a mountaintop that I used to always pray at in Hamilton in Alabama where I lived. And I went up on top of this mountain and I, I said, Lord, on this is every promise you've given me about Lexi and I. Today, as Abraham laid down Isaac, I am laying this down. I want to walk off this mountain with no more feelings. I said, Lord, I give it to you. I buried it and I said, the only way I'm going to come up here and unbury this is if after we're engaged. And I'm telling you, in that moment, I felt such breakthrough. Literally, this heaviness I was carrying broke off. Why? Because when I choose to surrender in faith, I was positioning myself up for God to take control of my life. I literally gave it to God and said, God, if this is you, you can raise it from the dead. Can I tell you, he raised it from the dead. Not only did he raise it from the dead, he gave me the girl of my dreams. He, we got three kids now. We're, he's fulfilling every promise and every word he's ever given us. Soon after, we, we start talking and, you know, we're, we're in this place where like, we know we're going to get married and we're going to do this. And it's coming time for me to engage, you know, ask her to marry me. And I'm, you know, I, I, I'm working a minimum wage job. And uh, Uncle Sam visited my paycheck faithfully every week. And after minimum wage, I made like 75 cents. And I, I was starting to travel and preach at the same time. And I would just take these little hundred, I was preaching at little churches across the backwoods of Alabama, like hundred dollars here, you know, just saving money. I finally saved up $2,000. Telling you, that's a lot of money. Amen. That was a lot of money. I was like, man, I have $2,000. I finally have enough money to buy a ring. And I'm sitting in our church service one day and they're taking up the offering and I feel the gentle nudge of the Holy Spirit say, empty your bank account. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, thank you. I'm not trying to take a vow of celibacy, Lord. Like, come on, hook your brother up. Come on, I'm trying, I need some help. Married, it's better to marry than to burn with passion, Lord. You wrote that in your scriptures. I'm trying to get married. Next thing I know, I grabbed an envelope. And the cool thing was is, God was dealing with me and I look over she's sitting beside me Lexi looks at me and she goes whatever he said to you, for you to do do it I was like oh hey, hey, hey I was like yes so I wrote out I remember writing two comma zero zero and I was like I never added another zero before <laughs> zero dot zero zero and then the buckets came around and I put it in the bucket and I was waiting for that Abraham moment where he's like, Jacob, stop. <laughs> and my hand was in the bucket. They're like, sir, you got to let go. I was like, are you sure? Give me a minute. Come on, man. I was like, come on. And I dropped it in the bucket. Listen, the lady from the finance department called me the next day and said, are you sure you want to do this? I said, I knew, I know he spoke to me. So now I have zero money. I start saving. I'm doing Dave Ramsey. I think I saved like 
I'm, I'm going to Pizza Hut. I'm trying to get a ring out. Like, this ring kind of looks real. Like, it's about love, isn't it? I'm like, no. I mean, she's going to say no. And we go up to Kansas City for me to meet her dad and for me to ask his permission for me to marry her. And I go up there. And finally the time comes and I say all the right things. I love your daughter. I, I want to ask your permission to marry her. And I look over and he just begins to weep, just crying. And I'm like, this is either a really good thing or a really bad thing. <laughs> and he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a little box. And he said, I've been praying. He said, this is Lexi's grandmother's wedding ring that she wore every day for 60 years. And he said, I was praying to see who I should give it to. And the Lord said, give it to Jacob. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. I took that to the, to the jewelry store and they said, where did you get this ring? This is worth more than you were even imagine it could worth. And listen, all this to say, the Bible says in Romans 8, 28, it says, God will work for the good all those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Listen, you can, you can take this to the bank. You can write this in your notes. If it is God, I know it's going to be good. You might be in a place right now where God's asking you to lay some stuff down. Just like Abraham. And I want to tell you this. You might have to fully lay it down. And if you do, I want to tell you he will bring to you something better than you could ever imagine. If it's God, it's going to be good. If it's him, he's going to give you a better job. If it's him, he's going to give you a better relationship. If it's him, he's going to bring financial blessing and breakthrough to your life like you've never imagined. If it's God, it's going to be good. Come on, give God a shout of praise right now. I want us to sing this song right You can stand across all locations. I want us to sing this song right now. And I want it to be a prayer of our hearts. Is I believe that this morning the Lord has some stuff in us that we need to surrender to Him. Is it a relationship you've been holding on to too strongly? Is it, is it your career that has become your idol in your life? What is it God's saying to you, Lord, I surrender. God, I give this to you. We're going to sing this, and I believe in this moment, God... It's going to speak to some hearts. Come on, across all locations, let's sing this out.
right now across all locations with every head bowed and every eye closed, I believe there's some people in the room today and you haven't been available. You haven't been following Jesus. Maybe you once gave your life to Christ a long time ago, but you found yourself drifted away from following him. Or you've been living your own way, doing your own things, doing it the way you desire to do it. But the Lord is saying today is the day for you to return to him. Return to him wholehearted. If that's you and you've been following your own path, you say, today I want to give my life to Christ. I want to fully surrender and be fully obedient. Right now, across all locations, slip that hand up. No one's looking. Come on, hands are going up all over the room. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Radiant, let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Lord, I want to be willing and obedient. I choose to follow you from this day forward. No turning back. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we give God some praise right there for those who made that decision? Real quick, there's one more group of people in the room, and it's people like me who I feel this. There's some fresh things God is asking us to lay down in 2021, some fresh steps of faith, some new levels of obedience that God is saying, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow after me. If you would, I feel this is a significant moment for us as a church. If you, if you feel comfortable, as an act of surrender, just lift both hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that here in Tampa Bay, Florida, Lord, we are a church that says, God, we are available. Come do only what you can do. Lord, we say we want you more than anything else. God, we choose to follow you all the days of our lives. God, we say there's no area that's off limits, but you have complete reign. Lord, you are not just our Savior. You are the Lord of our lives, and we choose to follow you. Radiant Church, can you give God a hand clap of praise if you believe that today? Come on. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.